Stroke management guidelines streamline stroke for practitioners in stroke management throughout entire countries. Guidelines are developed to create better systems and address outdated modes of practice while also introducing new models and data. The International Journal of Stroke Managing Editor, Carmen Leif Jenkins, spoke to Christopher Chen, current committee chair, and N. Ventketa Subramanian, who are equally responsible for developing guidelines for the Singapore Ministry of Health clinical practice on stroke and transient ischemic attacks. A summary of the guidelines can be found in the May-June edition of the International Journal of Stroke. Drs Chen and Vent Ketasubramanian, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Which groups or individuals initiated these guidelines and why? Hi, Carmen. Well, um, the guidelines were initiated by the Ministry of Health in Singapore because the ministry is committed to developing and supporting evidence-based medicine. And of course, whilst we're developing these guidelines, we consulted many other professional and lay groups. Yeah, so this is a collaborative effort among all parties of people who are involved in the care of stroke, people with stroke, so to provide the best care to all who have this illness. There have been three editions of the guidelines. What, why have they recently been updated? Over the years, there's been a lot of uh, advancement in knowledge of how to provide better care for stroke. So the ministry felt it was important to update the guidelines to, to provide the best evidence for care. What's the primary aim of the guidelines? Well, the primary aim is, of course, to assist clinicians, hospital departments, administrators, in developing um, local protocols for assessing, investigating, and uh, managing, uh, in immediate case, individuals with either acute stroke or transient ischemic attacks. And, of course, we also want to provide evidence-based evidence practice for the secondary prevention uh, of stroke as well as risk factor management. And other secondary aims? There are a number of secondary aims to the guidelines, mainly to suggest methods for implementation of these guidelines uh, so as to uh, allow clinical audits as well. Then keeping with the Ministries of Health goals for healthcare for stroke patients, we have reduced incidence of stroke through primary prevention, reduced case fatality following stroke, implement secondary prevention strategies to prevent further events and to reduce the disability due to stroke. There is some question or debate in the world of stroke on the definition of TIA. How did you define TIA in your guidelines? Because we were reviewing uh, the published evidence for best practice, we used existing definitions and we didn't attempt to go and provide any new definitions of TIAs. Perhaps these will be required, but the evidence emanating from such new def uh, definitions has not been uh, produced as yet. What expected outcomes do you have for these guidelines? There are a few things we hope to achieve by having these guidelines published and circulated very widely among all clinicians in Singapore. We believe that this is vital that every effort be employed to prevent stroke. And if patients with stroke uh, do, do present, to give the best evidence-based medicine to achieve the desired clinical outcomes. These guidelines are a comprehensive review for the assessment and management of stroke and TIAs. And we do hope it will be helpful in doctors and other professionals treating their stroke patients. So what methods did you use to develop these guidelines and to gather data that would give you the best um, range of information to implement to make these guidelines the most effective? The first thing to say, of course, is that we benefited from the fact that uh, Dr. Romani had put in such a lot of effort 
in developing the first two sets of guidelines. So our remit was a bit more limited. We were just updating these guidelines. So it was like really like standing on the shoulders of giants. But what we used uh, previously was um, systematic reviews, as well as consensus meetings among uh, local panels of experts to review these trials, guidelines, recent literature, and to garner expert opinion, importantly, to decide whether these evidence-based practices were really applicable to Singaporean patients. And I guess the, um, the good thing about this current set of guidelines is that because uh, many of us in Singapore had taken part in a large number of the recent trials, we could, uh, with confidence, uh, inform, uh, discuss between ourselves that um, these uh, new uh, trials and uh, evidence-based uh, practices were applicable to Singaporeans. The key issue is to make sure that the evidence that's available allows us to practice evidence-based medicine, and this is developed uh, by an expert committee that reviews and discusses each issue and looks at it in the local context. The rehabilitation seems to play an important part in these guidelines. Is this a developing idea in Singapore, or has rehabilitation always played a strong role in recovery? I think we've always acknowledged that rehabilitation is a, is a vital and important part of uh, stroke care. And I think that the reason why we uh, felt that it was timely to put in a, a, a separate chapter on rehabilitation in our guidelines was because there is now increasing um, evidence uh, to support the use of um, certain types of rehabilitation. So that's really great. So are you proposing that clinical quality will have improvement once these guidelines are implemented in Singapore? Yes, I think they will. Much of the audit quality we have chosen for audit has been on process, uh, processes as opposed to outcomes, because those are easier to monitor in a hospital or, or, or clinical practice setting. For example, these items include the proportion of patients with stroke who went to a stroke clinic or those underwent brain imaging within 24 hours with CT or MRI or who are screened for dysphagia or solid difficulty which occurs up to 40% of patients. Then those that are non-cardioembolic stroke, how many were antiplatelet medication discharge or those with atrial fibrillation were on anticoagulants, those with high cholesterol were on statins, those who received thrombolytic therapy, they came within time windows, how many were screened for rehabilitation by a multidisciplinary team, uh, those who went to outpatient clinics for assessment if they're TIAs or emergency departments. So we hope that these will overall be, will improve the quality of care for our patients and reduce overall incidence and disability from stroke. Doctors Ramani Vendikasubramanian and Christopher Chen, thank you so much for speaking to International Journal of Stroke today. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks, Carmen. You've been listening to an International Journal of Stroke podcast interview with Drs. Christopher Chen and Ramani Ventekasubramanian from the Singapore Stroke Guidelines Committee. The International Journal of Stroke is a flagship publication for the World Stroke Organization. Please consider becoming a member. You can download this interview and more from iTunes.